0: have your Bibles tonight. Ephesians, if you would. Ephesians chapter number five. We only have really three verses tonight, but I want to draw your attention. Keep in mind, I appreciate you being here on Sunday night. I realize you could be a lot of other places But it tells me that you're interested in doing more than just being the average Christian. Um, The more faithful we are, the more we study God's Word, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our heart, the better opportunity we have of being more in His image. Remember, the book of Ephesians was written to a group of people that had grown up with this uh, false religion called the Goddess of Diana. It was a a very wicked religion. They had one of the wonders of the world as the temple of, of Diana. It was a beautiful place. But there were immorality that was involved in the worship of Diana. And so everybody knew that. So when Paul comes along and people started getting saved, their lives began to change. The Holy Spirit began to touch their heart. And so you'll notice that he emphasized the walk of the Christian. We looked at it last week, and you'll notice in verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. You walk very carefully. Um, uh, Now, anything that we do carefully for a while becomes habitual, and we don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, You just do it by nature. But our body has to be trained, our mind has to be trained a certain way. If you have a certain weakness in life, if you'll be very careful with that, you'll study God's Word, hide it in your heart uh, about what God says about that particular sin, whether it be a sin of omission or commission. Remember, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So when you and I are not good at certain things that we ought to be good at, if we're going to be in the image of Christ, then we're going to have to add those things to our lives. So you'll notice, he says in verse 15, that you'll walk circumspectly. The word for acrobatic is here, uh, acrobas. It's very careful. And I, I just have in my mind when I see this word circumspectly and I see the Greek text and see the word acrobas, I, I think of the man that I watch walk across the, uh, uh, the Grand Canyon on a wire and the wind's blowing 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, and he's got this pole, and he's going across like this. Number one, I don't see any reason in the world to get on a a little wire like that and walk across, Uh, other than I guess maybe it's a crazy way to make money because everybody was watching on TV, and they would sell the rights to it. Uh, But the idea of what he was doing, I would watch him as his toes, his feet, would kind of curl underneath the... uh, uh, the, the wire, and he would walk slowly and steadily and carefully, and then every once in a while a wind would blow, and you'd see him stop and do that. That's the picture I have of this word, acrobots. And now think of it when it says, see that you walk circumspectly. Dave Pittman, you walk very carefully. There are things I would be very careful of uh, because, because I'm a Christian that other people might do and not think a thing about it. You'll notice if you would, he says, not as fools, realizing, notice if you would, but as wise. And then notice in verse 17, he says, wherefore, as a result of your walk, he says, look, be not unwise. And unwise is without thought, Uh, afron, afron is thinking, alpha negative is to not think, He says, and not be unwise, but not be one that doesn't use your mind for what God gave it to you for. And uh, he says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So he's telling all of us, God's will for you. And I know many times we say, I just wish I knew God's will in this thing. I just wish I knew God's will if you buy this house or that house. I just wish I knew God's will about how I should handle this guy at work or this lady at work. I, I just wish I knew God's will. Well, uh, the will of God is that we walk very carefully and that we'd seek his will on every step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way, the psalm says. So it's important that you and I learn how to walk. Now, Remember, this this testimony that we're building as we walk in Christ is in the image of Christ. Notice, if you would, he says, and then he goes on, verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, uh, take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and you'll see 1 Timothy chapter 5. And notice with me, if you would, in verse 23. It's obvious in Scripture that the early Christians that had, had uh, trusted Christ, were growing the Lord, had stopped drinking. And you'll notice he says, verse 23, "Drink no lot of water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and I often infirmities." So uh, they didn't even use it as a medicine uh, that would kill the amoebas in their stomach, and they didn't know all that, but they just knew that uh, if they, they drank water, the water was not clean. So he said, look, for a medicinal purpose, he said, use it. So Timothy obviously had stopped drinking. I know that Timothy had read, take your Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 20, if you would, Proverbs 20 and 31. We're going to look at these two passages and then go on. I want you to notice Proverbs 20, verse number 1, and keep in mind, this is the wisest man to ever live, and then we could could, uh, listen to his words but not watch his actions but you'll notice in verse 1, wine is a mocker; is a mocker. It makes fun of people. Strong drink is raging. It, it uh, uh, revs us up. It blinds us. It, it, it destroys us. Uh, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. He makes it real clear. And then notice if you went over in chapter 31, a mother, under the inspiration of Scripture, the words of King Lemuel, The prophecy that his mother taught him so he's a king and it says she asked him a question she says what my son what the son of my womb what the son of my vows he said give not thy strength unto women keep yourself clean pure morally nor thy ways that which destroyeth kings well one of those ways was uh to punish uh people that were not your friends and uh mistreat them because you could It was to take things because you were the king if you wanted them. And he says, don't do that. It destroys the respect of you from the people. Notice not only that, verse 4. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, and not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drinking. He's one of the very few that didn't drink. You'll notice, lest they drink, here's the reason, and forget the law. They forget to do what's right. And pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. They can't make good decisions on people that come to them if they're under the influence. Verse 6, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. Someone that's got a problem and he wants to get rid of it. And wine unto those be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his misery and remember his memory, misery no more. So this is the way someone drinks, and they put it out of their mind. They come back to it. It is their panacea. And he said, look, over in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, he said, don't even go there. As a pastor, for almost 50 years, I've never met the family that said, our family is so much better off because we drink together. But I have met many families where the family is torn apart, where the children are caught up in all kinds of things, And so my advice in the Scriptures is stay away from alcohol, and you'll notice if you would. He says, but, in verse 18, Ephesians 5, 18, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to pause right here for a minute. I want to go over this. There are two words that you need to realize in Scripture about the Holy Spirit. One is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which happens when we're born into God's family. And the other is the filling of the Holy Spirit. And that's a daily walk that you and I yield to. And I want you to notice these two. So if you, if you have your Bible, uh, turn with me, if you would, uh, to Ephesians 1. We're going to see uh, the, one of the beginning. We're just going to go back a couple chapters. Notice, if you would, Ephesians 1, verse number 13. In whom ye also trusted in Christ, after you that heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believe. In other words, when you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And that's the reason why no one's ever saved and then lost again. <clears throat> because the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and seals you. It's not up to us. Uh, take your Bible and turn to John, if you would, chapter number uh, 30, excuse me, John chapter uh verse just slipped my mind. Uh, John 10, verse number 30, 20, 28, 29, 30. Notice if you would, verse 28. John 10, 28. I want you to get this tonight. I don't want you to see the difference between the indwelling and the filling. It's very important. It's a part of what helps us to be in his image. Verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. This is God's children. His sheep, verse 27, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So we're sealed by the Holy Spirit and placed into the hand of the Father, and it's permanent. Now, that happens the moment we're born into God's family. So notice with me, if you would, Take your Bible and turn to Romans now, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And look with me, if you would, at verse number 9. Romans 8, you might want to highlight these in your Bible because it's important that you, this doctrine will separate you from Pentecostalism, from, from a lot of different uh, uh, teachings that are very clear in Scripture, but if you take one part of it and make it into what you want to be, you can come up with an entirely new religion. And you'll notice, if you would, at verse number 9 of Romans 8, But you're not in the flesh speaking to Christians, Romans, speaking to the Roman Christians, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if you're not saved, you don't have the Spirit of God in your heart. But if you do, he dwells in you, verse number Look over in verse number 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit is given to us the moment we trust Christ as Savior. And as the man in Africa said, now I have one in my heart that's a policeman that helps me to do what's right. How many of you, be honest with me, You've ever been driving your car, you come over a hill, and there's a police officer just sitting right there. And he's sitting facing right at you. <clears throat> and how many of you, your, your mind, you, you check, you say, am I doing, how fast am I going? How many have ever had that, uh, you just check real quick, don't, re- oh, you raise your hand, okay, that's good, you raise your hand. That's probably most of us whether we're doing right or whether we're not doing right. We, we just see that, that police officer, and he reminds us of right. Well, the Holy Spirit is that in our heart. He reminds us of right. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Now we're going to switch. If you'll notice, we're going to switch from dwelling to filling. Notice John 14. And I want you to see the things that the Holy Spirit does. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. So the Holy Spirit will teach us that which is right as we look into Scripture. If you've ever read a passage, and maybe you've read it four or five times as you're reading your Bible through, and then one time it just jumps out at you. How many have ever had that? You know what I'm telling you? It just jumps. At you. I didn't see that before. The Holy Spirit is now bringing it to your attention. They call it uh, illumination, it's, it's bringing uh, awareness to that passage. Maybe it's something in your life that's going on, and the Holy Spirit's trying to encourage you. He's trying to comfort you. So he brings the passage up. uh, He is my refuge. So it brings a comfort to us. Well, notice if you would. Number one, he shall teach you all things. So he's going to teach you the things that are right, all things that are right, nothing that is wrong. He is God in the flesh. He is the Holy Spirit. When I say in the flesh, he is God in person. Notice, if you would, in verse number 26, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Now, this is key. When you and I are battling some sins of the flesh, whether to do or not to do them, and they're not yet habit with us, uh, we're we're trying our best to uh, uh, to guard against uh, uh, a lie, or we're trying our best to guard our eyes, as Job said, "I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maiden?" So we're trying to train ourselves, and young men and young ladies, and. And uh, 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 those that, that uh, I, I don't want to covet out after that dress or or that that young man over there that looks that's so handsome looking and so we learn to train our eyes and say Lord would you give me the ability to remember your word in times when I need it the Holy Spirit shall bring all things to your remembrance now. <clears throat> That's his role, is to teach us. uh, Look over in chapter 16, if you would, in verse number 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. So he'll teach us what is right as we study God's word. Now, I wish it was like this, folks. I wish you just went home and you laid your head down on your pillow And the Holy Spirit just gave you stuff. And you got up and you knew more of God's Word. I didn't realize that, but I know chapter 15 or chapter 16 of John now. Wow, wouldn't that be wonderful? But the Lord says, learning the Word of God is up to you. And then applying it to your life Is up to the Holy Spirit to help you. So we're not just all out there on our own struggling with life in our flesh to do what's right. The Holy Spirit that we get at salvation helps us. He's our guide. So he says, Look, I wouldn't do that. Now he never tells us what to do. Oh, you don't you dare do that. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Bible's, the best picture of the Holy Spirit is that of a turtle, is that of a dove. A dove is very sensitive, easy to offend, easy to hurt. A dove is soft and tender. The Holy Spirit comes up. It's almost like, David, I I wouldn't do that. I'm sorry, dear Lord. You remember the passage? Ah, I do. The Holy Spirit guides us. He teaches us as we read God's Word. That's why I encourage everybody to have a time when you study God's Word. Every individual. I, I wished it were that that as as let's see here, uh, let's see uh, uh, that. Uh, See Clarissa, as as you uh, were were uh, just being a normal girl that you could just sort of your your mom could kind of teach you all things about the scriptures. But as you're reading your Bible, the Holy Spirit begins to guide you, and each one of you girls, and you, Tommy, the Holy Spirit, because he's in each one of us guides us. He teaches us. But I want you to notice, He only teaches us if we're listening. Anybody here, other than me, ever been in class? I remember being in a class, English literature, with Chaucer and Beowulf. And I didn't know either guy. And I remember just sitting there and sort of zoning out i remember hearing birds outside they sounded better than the teacher i was just listening to the birds and and but you know what i didn't know anything about what the teacher said i wasn't listening i was in class so you can be in church and not get it now Every person is responsible for themselves to grow into his image. And the Holy Spirit was given to us to help us overrule our flesh, to help us be able to say no to sin that we're prone to. Did you know everybody in this room is is prone to certain sins? Some, it's hereditary. A father that has a fiery temper usually gets passed down to his kids unless he gets rid of it. Uh, alcoholism is, is, uh, it, it can just gets passed down. Uh, uh, many times it does. And so it's important that you and I in this room, uh, maybe it's a, a, a pride. Oh, dad's very proud. Not real careful, it gets passed down. The children are very proud. Every sin that you and I allow, I'm not saying hold on to, allow, can get passed down. I want the Holy Spirit to show me every sin so that I can say, Lord, so it's not like I can choose do not want to get rid of or not. I've already chosen before that. Lord, if you'll show it to me I will, by your grace, get rid of it. Then the Holy Spirit begins to, as David said, uh, David made a lot of mistakes. And in Psalm 139, he said, Search me, O God, and and know me and try me and, and, and show me every wicked way in my heart. David was said, Lord, I'll get rid of it if you'll show it to me. Sometimes we don't see ourselves. One of my pet peeves, when I get dressed in the morning, I go get a picture, or I come here, is that my tie is straight. If it's not straight, now, I see people sort of snickering and kind of laughing, and, you know, does it distract you? How many many of you look at me and say, it's a little distracting, Pastor? How many of you, it's just a little distracting, okay? I'm completely dressed perfectly well. It's just one thing is a little off. And that one thing can distract you. If a father allows one thing to be off regularly, his children have an excuse to walk in. That does it. So the Holy Spirit says, I will show you But he doesn't do that unless we first say, search me, I'll get rid of it. He doesn't say, I'll show you, and then you tell me if you want to get rid of it or not. He lets us go on. And we struggle. And the sins pile up. Until we say, and this is what revival is. Lord, search me. I don't want to have any bitter feelings toward anybody, Lord. Maybe they're there and I don't know it. Lord, would you please help me, Lord? I want to do what's right in every way. I lay myself on the altar, Lord. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and starts pointing things out. And you say, I I never saw that. I didn't realize I was bitter. I didn't realize I was a little mean-spirited. I didn't realize I was selfish. I didn't realize. It's not in a great abundance in most Christians, but it's enough there that the Holy Spirit... Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 3. Now, remember, he said, but be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5. Well, notice John chapter 3. And this verse not haunts me, but causes me to pay special attention. Notice, if you would, John 3, 34. Speaking of Jesus Christ as how he is different than us. Now watch. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. And I want to speak the words of God. I want to speak none that he doesn't want me to say, but all that he does want me to say. But notice here. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. He's different than us. Now, follow with me. If I take a glass The Holy Spirit is here, all complete. But he does not take control of my heart unless I allow him to fill my will, my heart. He's here in my heart, but he doesn't take full control so that my words are right, my thoughts are right, my steps are right. Unless I allow him to. It's called the filling of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice if you would, take your Bible and turn to Acts. I want you to see this Acts chapter 9, verse number 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put his hands on Saul, said, Brother, brother Saul, so he's a Christian. Brother Saul, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way that as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightst receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can take control of you because as a brother he already has Christ. He already has the Spirit dwelling in him. But I want you to be filled. I want you to have the, I want the Spirit to have total control of you. You'll notice it says the filling there. Look at Acts chapter 4, if you would. Notice with me, if you would, Acts 4. Look, if you would, verse number 8. Acts 4, verse number 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Said unto them, you rulers of the people, elders." Verse nine. If we then be this examined, this good deed we have done to this impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you. We want to take no credit, and he's filled with God's spirit. So every word was correct. Now look at verse thirty-one. And all of us need the filling of God's Spirit to do this. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the Word of God with boldness. The Holy Spirit gives you and I a holy boldness to do what's right. Boldness, it's the power to stand up to evil kindly and do right, to stand up to evil and say, no, I'm not doing that. It is what we need. Take your Bible, and turn back over to Ephesians, if you would. Chapter 5, second part of verse 18, and be filled with the Spirit. Now, then he begins to give us some things that would happen if we're filled with God's Spirit fruits of the Spirit, byproducts of the Spirit. As you and I get filled with God's Spirit, he says, speak into yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Um, well, t- take your Bible and turn to Psalm 40. Psalm 40, and you'll see this in action. Psalm 40. Notice with me, if you would. Psalm 40, verse 2. Now, he's not speaking about salvation. If you'll notice verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. So he's in harm's way. He's in trouble. And he prays, and he brought me up out of a horrible pit. Uh, He got me out of the pit of sin, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He gave me the direction I need to go. He's guiding my life. And notice, if you would, and hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God, and many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Folks, today when you and I are filled with God's Spirit, there's a song in our heart. Notice what he, back over in Ephesians chapter five, he said, "Speaking to yourselves." It's not necessarily that we are that we are singing it out loud, but there's this there's this tune in our heart, our mind. Anybody ever had that? I mean, after we sang, sometimes you you just couldn't get that song out of your mind. It's there. He said, the the Spirit of God is filling your heart, trying to teach you the things to do and the ways to go. And to bring you, notice, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, not just so you can be happy. To the Lord. This is the picture of the spirit-filled, joyful Christian. He's bold, confident in what he says because he has the proof of God's Word. But he's sweet. She's sweet with the joy of the Lord in her heart. But her joy is to the Lord. Folks, those are some of the things we are all missing if we're not careful. Because the duties of life will steal those from you. The sensitive steps. I will never forget being a young boy riding my horse. She was a registered quarter horse. She she could fly for a quarter of a mile. Um, I can remember... Uh, goosing her on both sides and she took off without a saddle. And I would slide almost all the way to the back as she took off the force that she took off with. And so I remember um, reading a book, like I said times before, but the, the illustration is so clear in my mind that I want this from the Holy Spirit, that the Indians would ride and shoot their bows and arrows around a buffalo. And how would it that they would kill a buffalo with a bow and arrow? Well, they would ride their horse. uh, They would take the reins, lay it on the mane, and they would ride the horse, and they would get the horse going fast by kicking them on both sides. They have no saddle. They got their bow and arrow. They're guiding the horse with their knees. And I said, that's pretty cool. I'm going to try that. So the first time, I got on Mitzi, and I went like this, and she did nothing. I went like that, and she did nothing. But, like you and me, when the Holy Spirit goes, Dave Pittman, I do nothing. And then, as I begin to, you take the reins, and sometimes the Holy Spirit has to do this, uh, God has to do this to all of us. God, the Father takes the rein. Does anybody know what a bit is, a horse's bit? You know, it it looks like this, and it goes down, and it goes up. It's got a tongue depressor on it. So when you pull back on that bit, it mashes the horse's tongue. You pull back hard. I'm going to stop. I weigh 2,000 pounds, and you weigh 120. I'm stopping because you're mashing my tongue. So they take a bit, and so as I would take the bit, and I would pull it to the right. I'd pull her head to the right. I'd push my right knee. I'd pull her to the left and push my left knee. After a a week or so of doing that, I could go like this and she'd turn to the right. I'd go like this and she'd turn to the left. I could actually ride triple barrels uh, called barrel racing. I could ride the barrels with Mitzi with my knees, my hands and ear. Lord, make me. sake I think of Mitzi I think she would be 58 right now 60 of course she's glue in somebody's Elmer's can I think but in my mind she's still there because she was such a joy to me and I learned so many lessons with that horse I I lean back gently and she would stop. I'd nudge her, she would go. Right knee should go to the right. Left knee should go to the left. And I I see this passage and I, I realize that I'm given the Holy Spirit by measure. You know what that means? A portion of God's Spirit. You know how that happens? The cup is dirty. We don't get much of the Spirit of God. He doesn't get much of us. He doesn't want to fill our hearts because we're dirty. So we confess our sins and make it right. And then as we begin to learn from the words of God, and we begin to open our hearts and say, Lord, I want you to show me I'll do it. You show me and I'll do it. Then he begins to guide our steps and teach us the things that we need to know. And the softness of our heart makes us into the image of God. Of Christ, but the Holy Spirit does nothing more than that. Are we listening? He's not the one that jerks the reins, that has the Mexican spurs or the rowels like that, 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 that brings blood to the horse's side. It's just a simple nudge. He's like a dove. He will guide every teenager if you'll allow it. He will guide every grandfather if you'll allow it. But you and I have to be so sensitive to His filling. Now, if you're here tonight and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, you're not saved, you don't have this benefit to help you do right. There are two things To take a person preventing them from having the strength to do what's right. Why did I do that? Number one, they're not saved. All on their own. The flesh is in control. Number two, they're saved and not yielded to the Holy Spirit. Take your Bible and close with this verse. Romans, if you would, chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Notice with me, if you would. Verse number 12. He's writing to the Roman Christians. Let not sin, therefore, reign. Be king in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Here it is. Neither yield... Ye, your members, as instruments, your hands, your feet, your thoughts, your eyes, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. You've been redeemed. You've been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in your heart. He says, yield to him. And notice, as instruments of righteousness unto God. When Mitzi yielded to me the horse, and I just touched her and she started obeying, she was a great tool. When my grandfather was running cattle uh, down the road into the uh, pen to sell them, uh, Mitzi was right there. What a help. But if she had her own mind, like many of us do, we're of very little spiritual value to our Father. Yield yourselves as instruments unto righteousness. The Lord will bless you. And you'll have an impact on others around looking at you. Could I ask you tonight, are you yielded to the Spirit of God so He can fill you? Let's bow our heads forward a word of prayer tonight. Is the Holy Spirit filling you by measure because there's some sin in your heart? It's not unconfessed. Ask the penis to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Brother Brandon, to lead us. We'll stand. If you need to come tonight, you come to this altar and say, Lord, I want to make the decision now. I want you to fill me. I want to yield myself to you. I, I want everything to be right. As the revival's upcoming, let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Lord Jesus, would you allow and help each one of the Christians in this room to yield to your simple nudge at any sin that we are doing that's wrong or any sin we need to start to get rid of, that we need to do something that's right and we're not, and that is sin. Lord, encourage us tonight. Strengthen us, guide our steps. In your name I pray, amen.